Welcome to another episode of The Impolite Psychologist. So 2020, we all got the wonderful experience of the pandemic. And I remember when it was first starting to happen, um, I had been doing therapy face-to-face for many years as everybody else who does therapy. And we all had to quickly scramble and figure out how we were going to do our jobs without people coming to our office. And at the time, we actually all thought, I think for a very long time, that this was going to be a temporary thing, maybe a couple of weeks, then it was maybe a month, and then it just went downhill from there. And for those of us who were lucky enough to have the technology, we went ahead and started video chatting with people immediately instead of seeing them face to face. Now, many of us are absolutely grateful that we had this option because if the pandemic would have hit 10 years ago, we probably would have been doing phone sessions and we'd lose clients probably fairly quickly, in my opinion. Now, for those of you who don't know, uh, anyone in the world of mental health, our businesses exploded during the pandemic, and we are still busy to this day as of this recording. Um, I have a wait list, many of my colleagues have a wait list, or they're just not taking people, and we are constantly scrambling to find open spaces for the number of people who need therapy right now. And my experience was I saw a lot of people start coming to therapy who have never been in therapy before. And I started seeing a lot of people who have completed a treatment episode or graduated in a sense from the last treatment episode and I haven't seen them in two years and five years and they're back in my practice right now. And this has been the experience across the board for everybody, psychologists, psychiatrists, um, master's level counselors, everybody. What was interesting for me was just kind of watching how various colleagues of mine were handling the lockdown. Some of my colleagues were very happy to start doing therapy online, to be able to wear their PJ bottoms, to not have to see anybody in person, to be able to work out of the house. They were loving it. And then I had other colleagues who simply refused to shut down during the pandemic. Instead, they educated themselves about bleach and cleaning products in general and learned how to scrub down their offices and continue to see people with masks and everything. And now in the place we are with the pandemic currently, we're, we're kind of on the edge right now. Uh, Things are sort of opened up, but we might be closing back down again, and it's not super clear right now. But I can tell you that my colleagues are behaving the same way. The people who enjoyed doing online therapy are still doing online therapy or have returned to doing online therapy. 
and the people who prefer to see people in person are seeing people in person and have no plans to change that whatsoever. Now the difference between the two groups of therapists is, as you can guess, one group is very introverted and one group is extroverted. Now I myself am actually pretty even in terms of being an introvert and an extrovert equally. However, the way that you know what you really are is how you recharge your batteries. So what I'm saying is what you do when you feel exhausted in order to feel better or what you do when you're stressed in order to feel better or what you do to just feel more alive. So if your answer is I curl up with a book or I spend time gardening alone or I or I do an intense art project. If your answer is somewhere in that ballpark, you're probably an introvert, meaning that you have to spend time alone in order to feel more like yourself. Now, if you feel alive when you get to see a group of your friends, when you get to go out and be around large groups of people or being with a bunch of people that you know, and that makes you feel alive and that makes you feel connected, then you're probably an extrovert. Now, there have been times where I wasn't sure what category I fit into and I actually took a test at one point where I was exactly equal on both sides, introversion and extroversion. But the way I know is that I can tell now when I go to a party, I need to leave at a certain point. I get burned out and overwhelmed at some point and, and you know, I have to leave. Now I have the ability to go and be social and talk to different people and enjoy other people's company, but there's a limit to that. And also, I have to be I have to have quiet time before I get to said party in order to have the energy to socialize. So, this makes me realize that I'm actually an introvert by nature. However, being that I also have extroverted tendencies, I can kind of see things um, from both sides. And one of the things I recognized was that I don't believe that therapy is more effective through video chat. Now, it's a great substitute if we cannot be in person or as I've learned through the pandemic, if somebody can't get their act together and get to a session on time, they can always jump onto a computer. And that's fantastic because it has greatly reduced uh, people's absences from therapies, so that's great. Another advantage has been a lot of people moved during the pandemic, and some of the clients I had who were right down the street from me are now living somewhere completely different that's hours away by driving, and so it is not possible anymore for us to meet face to face without it being some huge impossible commute. 
So for this, I am thankful for video chat. But let's be honest. When you look at somebody on video chat, you're looking at their face as presented on your screen. And you are not looking into the camera. And they are looking at your face as presented on their screen and they are not looking into the video camera. And so what's happening is nobody's looking at each other and that's super weird. Now, of course, that does not bother some people at all. In fact, that feels good that they don't have to make direct eye contact with people. And those would be your introverts. Not all introverts, but some. And again, introversion, extroversion is probably one of those things that's also on a continuum that you are not extremely one or the other. Now, there are people who are extreme introverts or extreme extroverts. But I think for the most part, most of us fall somewhere in the in-between. Now, as the pandemic has gone on, I have been asking myself the introversion, extroversion question a lot. And I've been sort of talking more openly with clients and colleagues, actually more with, actually I'm really more honest with clients than I am with my colleagues, um, about where they fall, if they're introverted, if they're extroverted, if they're somewhere in between. So there's this exercise that I had once seen on a TV show. And then when I went to a conference in 2019, I actually saw it demonstrated in a seminar that I was attending. And it was one of these things where they had everybody stand up and they had everybody think about a superhero. And, you know, they sort of played that out in terms of choose someone that you feel is the best superhero and imagine yourself being like them and imagine yourself standing up and assuming the posture of that superhero. And so everybody's standing up and they're imagining themselves with a cape and glorious and strong and all of these things. And the first people who popped into my head, who I had to look this up because I didn't remember their names, Selma and Patty Bouvier, who were Homer Simpson's sister-in-laws, twin sister-in-laws on the TV show or the cartoon, The Simpsons. And I didn't remember a whole lot about them. I just remembered that they would stand in the corner and gossip and be rude and smoke cigarettes. And I thought, wow, that's pretty awesome to just be able to be who you are, be anti, stand in the corner, talk a bunch of crap. I thought that's power to just unapologetically just be contrarian. <laughs> and that was one indication that I might actually be an introvert. The other indication is I have a friend who I've had for years and those of us who are friends with her rarely get to see her husband. And the reason is he doesn't like to meet people. He doesn't like to socialize. He doesn't want to talk to anybody. 
but at the same time, he's an extremely successful professional. So it's super weird where it's like, I will meet up with my friend and her husband will be nearby and she'll just say, yeah, he's not in the mood. He's not going to come over here and talk to us. And when I first discovered this about her husband, I thought to myself, this man is my superhero. I wish I could get out of social situations just by saying, eh, I don't want to, I'm not into it. Amazing the power and being able to say that. And unfortunately, I care too much about what people think in order to actually ever carry that out. But that is, he is my superhero. Now, knowing this about myself um, has been really interesting. When I took stock and really recognized, like, no, I'm, I'm a super introvert, actually. I just do well when I have to socially. Simultaneously, I am watching many therapists as they try to navigate the pandemic. And I have watched a lot of therapists really get slow about coming back. You know, there, there have been a couple of points during the pandemic, but most recently where it really felt like everything was going to open up. And a lot of these people, these therapists were saying, uh, no, I'm too concerned. I'm really worried. I don't think that we should open back up again. I don't think we should welcome clients back into our offices again because we're not out of the woods yet. And that would just be too risky. Now, mind you, therapists were part of the first group of people to get vaccinated and not the first first group i mean frontline medical personnel and but you know at some point it was sort of opened up for healthcare professionals in a general sense and we were amongst the first to get our vaccinations and at the time in my mind, I was thinking, if I'm going to take the vaccination, if I'm going to get the vaccination, that means that I am a healthcare worker who interacts with people regularly. And the expectation is once I am fully vaccinated, this is what I will do in order to justify that I got the vaccination so early. And so... After I was fully vaccinated, it probably took me about a month before I started inviting people back into my office. Now, I was amongst the first in my colleague group to do this. A lot of people were much more conservative about coming back into the office. But then I started to see some hypocrisy. I started to see people who were otherwise participating in their lives socially um, and even going as far as getting on airplanes and going to other countries, but still not opening their offices because it wasn't, quote, safe to do so. But somehow it was safe to, like, take a journey overseas and go through an airport. So I do think that there's a lot of hypocrisy. And I would feel better about my colleagues if they would just be honest and say, 
you know, I prefer to be online. I'm more comfortable. I am an introvert. That's where my comfort zone is. It's easier for me. I don't like interacting with people face to face if I don't have to. That I could get on board with, but it's always shrouded in this, oh, I am being safe thing that I think is an introvert's excuse. Now, being that I am an introvert myself, when I'm being honest about it, and I, I really am an introvert, I, I have started to notice things about extroverts that now that I understand it, I feel a lot better, but boy, it used to bother me a lot. So there is a vlogger that I follow who is definitely an extrovert. I mean, all the signs are there. This is a person who enjoys meeting people wherever she goes. She is genuinely joyful when she has new people in her life. She's often surrounded by a group. She is the ultimate definition of extrovert. But there's one key thing that I started to notice as I was watching her vlogs is that she would make new friends wherever she was and she would say, this person is my new best friend and we're gonna stay in touch forever. And she would say that about just about everybody. It, you know, someone who is her age and seems to have a lot in common with to she would meet an 85 year old man and say he was her new best friend and they're going to stay in touch forever. And what I came to realize is this is just something that an extrovert says in the moment. They don't actually mean it. It's like in their joy and in their excitement, they blurt things out. This is true about extroverts making plans as well. You can be out somewhere with an extrovert and they will say, oh my gosh, we totally have to go to this concert together. We totally have to go on this trip together. Oh my gosh, we are so doing that. And that's what I've recognized too, that when an extrovert makes plans, they're not really making plans. They're getting caught up in the excitement of being together and making plans and they're not really planning anything. They're just getting caught up in the excitement and saying, ooh, that would be cool. What if we did this or what if we did that? They're really saying, what if? Wouldn't that be so much fun? So the problem is that introverts and extroverts have a lot of trouble coming to the middle on this stuff. So if an introvert proclaims that someone is their best friend, they have been thinking about this for a very long time. And chances are that if it finally goes from a thought to something that's coming out of their mouth, they mean it for real. They mean that this person is their bestie and no one's gonna replace them and that is their person. And once they've said it, they have committed to it long term. 
The same thing is true for plants. If an introvert talks about, we have to do this thing, we have to go to this place, that means they've thought about it for a long time and they are in the process of starting to set up the logistics for that event to happen. And they will call you later with the details, probably. So this is where the introverts really start to fall apart is when an extrovert has told them you're my best friend or we're going to make this plan together and then the extrovert doesn't actually follow through and introverts often mistaken that for rejection and i don't think it's actually a rejection i think that it just didn't have the same meaning that an introvert would ascribe to it but nonetheless Prior to the pandemic, I think there was a lot of pressure that extroverts would put on introverts and they would say things like, you just got to open up, you just got to spend more time out, you just got to go to this party because I need you to go to this party. And this often presents a problem when there's any type of partnership, whether we're talking about a friendship or a romantic relationship in which one person is an introvert and one person is an extrovert. Um, a lot of times, or pre-pandemic, the extroverts would be telling the introverts that there's something wrong with them if they don't want to be social. There's something wrong with them if they don't talk more. There's something wrong with them if they don't want to spend time with other people. What happened during the pandemic was the exact opposite, is that the extroverts actually began to fall apart. And I noticed this when I would be on Zoom calls with other therapists. We would often do these check-ins when things were really shut down about how are you doing? How are you handling your work as your life is sort of falling apart at the same time? And what would happen is the introverts would often say, you know, I'm finding ways, I'm really excited that, you know, I've had this time to make my practice easier by going on to Zoom calls. And the extroverts would literally say things like, I'm going crazy right now. I feel awful. This is the first time in a long time or ever that I'm actually feeling depressed. And truly so many extrovert like activities got cut off. And I do think that the extroverts actually ended up suffering a lot more because their activities really got ruined. The solitary hobbies that introverts often have ended up being okay and they were given time to work on their solitary hobbies and their solitary activities and they were given plenty of time to do that. And I know a lot of 
clients in my practice were really okay with not going into work anymore and not seeing people anymore. And for all those people who do things like play video games with other people online because that's where they get their social exposure, they had a lot more people to play online games with that they didn't have to see, they didn't even necessarily have to talk to. And it was fantastic for the introverts in a lot of ways. And so what we are seeing now is that there's a lot of confusion at, at the time of this podcast. There's a lot of confusion about to open up or we're not going to open up or things are going to get shut down the way they once were or they're not going to get shut down. Nobody knows what's going to happen as of right now. And what I see happening is actually all the introverts are pushing for us to be more isolated and do more video chats and do more things online. And the extroverts are the ones who are saying, nope, it's time to go back to doing whatever we were doing pre-pandemic. We are done with this. It is over for us. Even if we have to wear masks, we're still going to see people. This is it. So really, at the end of all of this, someday, hopefully, this pandemic thing will end, that we can actually come together and understand one another's points of view, that the extroverts don't have all the answers and the introverts don't have all the answers, and that there is nothing wrong with being either one of those things, that we can all accept who we are and where we fit in all of this and we can accept who everyone else is and where they fit in all of this and that we can respect one another from now on rather than condemning one another for being one way or another so one final thought if you are truly interested in finding out how you score in terms of introversion or extroversion, there's a test that many of us in the world of psychology uh, learned about during graduate school, and that is the Myers-Briggs type indicator. It's a categorization of personality types, but it's not just introversion and extroversion, it has a lot of other personality factors involved. But the very first category is introversion versus extroversion. And you can take that test and you can kind of see where you fall from the perspective of not one or the other, but where you fall sort of on the spectrum. You can tell how much introversion or how much extroversion you have. And whatever you are, however you fall on that spectrum, just embrace it, don't apologize. You are who you are and go forward. <laughs>